World Wide Web has long been host to copied and pasted stories of an apocryphal nature. These stories came to be known as Copyvasta, and then the creepy variant emerged. Welcome to Creepy Podsta, the Creepy Pasta Podcast. Hello, welcome. This it's the show about creepy pastas, and I'm the host. Uh, boy, I still I like for the fourth week in a row have forgotten to check and see in the intro if I say my name. I'm Jeff Kowalski. Uh, so I either said it for the first time just now, or that's you already knew my name from before when I said it in the intro. And this on this show, you know what we do because I I know I say that in the intro right uh, do i i'm not sure if i say like hey we talk about creepy pastas or if i'm just like hey this is what a creepy pasta is uh, mm-hmm. yeah i should really everyone it's only skips 30 over seconds that part i should anyway. just yeah everyone yeah. skip that part you better reintroduce now so you're jeff <laughs> okay i'm jeff this is creepy pasta <laughs> if you don't know what a creepy pasta is rewind back to the beginning i that's the only thing i'm certain is in the intro take the tape out put it in is. your car shaped uh backwards uh, rewind device and start from the beginning Okay, please don't record this podcast onto tapes and listen to it that way. <laughs> the audio quality is already very low. You won't have any idea what we're saying. Don't tell uh, me how to so, live my life. <laughs> okay, well, you can do what you like because you're a guest on the show. You're a returning guest, Cassie Rose. Hello, I am already on a delay. This is going to be so fun. No, it's fine. And we also have another guest also returning to the show. Please welcome back, Stephanie Kingsbury. Hi, that's me. Oh, she's also on a delay. Hey, oh, great. this is, it's going to be fine. It's not too bad. Uh, so it's only going to get worse. <laughs> we're, let's talk first about uh, the story that Stephanie chose from our list of suggestions. Uh, when I was four, I could see fairies by Caitlin Spice from the No Sleep Forum. It was the best of January 2016 and for some reason also won an award last month even though it was posted a year ago. Oh, maybe it was like the best of the year or something. I don't know. Anyway, please tell us about this story, Stephanie. Okay, so this story, When I Was Four, I Could See Fairies, starts off with a girl recounting about how when she was four, she could see fairies. Um, and describes them, <laughs> and they're like tiny. And <laughs> no, you did not see that coming, but that's what happens. She could see fairies, it's true. Um, she describes them as kind of like small and translucent and kind of gross, really. Um, then, of course, she gets older and decides she must have just been imagining them, so she forgets all about them. Um, then she kind of launches into her childhood, how it was kind of terrible because her, um, uh, it was just her and her mom and they were quote, excruciatingly poor, whatever that means. Um, yeah, she was also fairy tale poor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, they lived in a little cabin in a forest that was made out of candy. No, um, <laughs> that's not what happened. They were poor. She went to school, but she sucked at it. Um, 
she was not smart. They keep saying that, which is kind of weird, I think, for your main character to be like, I'm stupid, but okay. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, then- it's really strange, because usually it'll be in a story like this, it'll be like, I was so perfect, but because of life circumstances, I couldn't, uh, I couldn't reach my potential. Exactly, yeah, so I thought that was kind of a strange detail, but okay. Um, then, though, the mother dies, and so her whole oh. world is just destroyed, because it was just her and her mom, um, and she has no other relatives, she, like, no aunts, no grandparents, that's it. So, uh, she is back at her house and going through all of her mother's things, um, which is, like, a bunch of weird stuff, until she finds a letter, um, and I'll just read the letter, actually, that says, Dear Elspeth, which apparently her mother's name was Elspeth, that's not fairy-like at all, right? Um, <laughs> of course it was. <laughs> <laughs> I am writing to congratulate you on the birth of your first child. It is such a shame I cannot be there for the christening. With love, your great aunt, Raisa. So, <laughs> on the other side of the envelope is the address of this relative she's never heard of so she uh goes to the address to find her one living relative although i did think it was kind of weird she assumed this person was still alive when she's 16 years old and it's his great aunt i would kind of assume that person was dead yeah. but she assumes she's alive uh goes to the house um the aunt like takes her right in is so nice um the girl says, you know, why didn't my mom ever say anything about you? And the aunt says, oh, we had a falling out, but it's okay. I forgive her and I will help you. So that's obviously suspicious immediately. Um, and then uh, kind of goes through her life after that. She moves in with the aunt. The aunt, like, teaches her to be a smart person, gets her a job. They're, like, really rich. She has everything she wants now. Uh, she, as, she, as she gets older, uh, when she... Blah, 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 what else? She has a job. She... She's doing oh, she doing meets a oh, guy. She meets a guy. Yeah, that's what I'm looking for. She meets a guy at the job, <laughs> falls in love, they get married, blah, blah, blah. So everything's completely perfect. So prepping us for everything to fall apart, of course. Um, so basically, the aunt, every time she like gives her something to help her, she elicits a promise from her. So, like, first she gives her this, like, really expensive gold ring to settle her mother's debts. And she says, um, you know, she doesn't have to repay her. All she has to do is light a beeswax candle every year on her mother's birthday. Because I'm totally not a fairy. Um, yeah. <laughs> and things like that. Um, should, I, should I keep going with this extensive summary? Is this, is yeah, this right? I want to get to the, We're almost at the end of it. Okay, yeah. So, it, anyway. It so, really foreshadows all of the things that will happen. Okay. Okay, yeah, so then uh, the husband, she just got married to her husband, and a few months after they get married, he gets horribly sick, is, like, dying in the hospital, and the aunt kind of doesn't say anything or visit or have anything to do with it, which, like, the girl's like, what the heck, aunt, you're supposed to be my nice person, and you don't even care my husband's dying. Um, and then he dies, and right before he dies, he says something about how uh, he really regrets not keeping that promise to her aunt so clearly the aunt is an evil fairy <laughs> uh the girl kind of freaks out the aunt's yelling at her that she you know forgot to light the beeswax candle and broke her promise the girl's like uh it was my husband's funeral yesterday what's wrong with you 
Um, and then the aunt pulls the ultimate fairy move of demanding her unborn child. That's fairies love unborn children. That's their favorite. Um, yeah. So anyway, at this point, uh, the girl finally figures out that her aunt is a fairy. <laughs> Uh, so she comes at her with like an iron cross or something um, and gets the aunt to promise her that she will never follow her and leave her alone forever. The aunt promises she runs away. So she has the baby. And then a few days later, she gets a card in the mail. And this is also the first time that we ever learned this main character's name is in this card at the end. Uh, but it says, Dear Kaylin, I am writing to congratulate you on the birth of your first child. It is such a shame I cannot be there for the christening. With love, your great aunt, Risa. So it's the same letter that the mom had. Yeah. yeah, and this really has nothing to do with the fairies she saw when she was little. Uh, nothing um, at all. Nothing at all. <laughs> they're just there as, like, completely unrelated to the rest of the story as, like, a weird detail for some reason. Pretty much although i guess um then too in the beginning she's kind of describing her mother as like very like very beautiful in a fragile and ethereal way so you know it's kind of like implied at the beginning that they're fairies right away yeah yeah i i suppose so uh yeah as soon as uh, great aunt risa showed up i'm like oh yeah these people are cursed by fairies this is uh, pretty obvious uh absolutely it's uh cassie what did you think of this story um does this mean the narrator's a fairy yeah i guess i kind of thought hmm. i kind of got that impression because of the way the mother was described and how the aunt was described as looking very like very the same way as the mother so I get the impression that she's probably not a full fairy, but that she has fairy blood for sure. I was just imagining the witch lady from Spirited Away. Uh, that's not a fairy at all, though. That's not ethereal or thin or anything. <laughs> yeah, no. Just like an old lump. <laughs> well, you're wrong then. No. <laughs> yeah, everyone knows fairies are thin and their skin is see-through. Ew. Yeah, this uh this author mostly writes spooky fairy stories. Um and this is I I was looking, she has a list on her uh her, her own subreddit. Uh, the Hallowdeen Library, uh, that is all of the times her stories have been on the No Sleep podcast, which is like 15 times or something. This one, suspiciously, hasn't. Uh, it's not that suspicious. I think that this story kind of doesn't hang together all that great. It's got a good twist ending that everyone loves. <laughs> yeah, the end is good. I think it's maybe not as uh, fleshed out as it could be, just because, again, like we, you know, we don't even know the name of this main character until the very end. Um, you know, and it's kind of just like, for sure, in short story style, you know, just kind of flies through years of things happening and just, you know, so it's not, I mean, it's clearly meant to, this is supposed to be like a, just a short, brief thing, but certainly is a story that could be expanded on and be longer. Yeah, yeah, it's just because uh, the author fits so many, like, surprises and twists into the story that there's 
it's they're all very easily anticipated because you don't get distracted by other things happening. <laughs> You're just like, oh, okay, yeah, I remember all these clues that led up to this twist. Yeah, like if this was a novel, I mean, there would be plenty of time for other things to be going on. And I was gonna say, if I was a fairy, I think I would make my promises more fun. How fun is it to make someone light a freaking candle like every year? That's no fun. I'd make them make some silly promises. Like every night before bed, uh, stand on your head. Yeah. Well, but then she wouldn't keep that promise. Yeah, she, I mean, she mentions at the end how, like, even after she escapes at, like, you know, and has the aunt promise that she'll leave her alone forever, she has to, like, repeat all of the promises she made, you know, that she thought w- didn't mean anything, but all of a sudden do. What does she say? Um, was it always wish on dandelions? Never view your reflection while you're wearing red. Uh, always be in bed before <laughs> yeah. midnight. That's like pretty intense. Like, what? That's Don't, not fun. That's uh, that's a rule about gremlins, though. <laughs> <laughs> Something about midnight. Yeah, but their their rule is a little weirder because when can you start feeding them again? Because right? it's always after midnight. Seriously. Is it like midnight to dawn? No feeding them, or like maybe midnight to 6 a.m. or noon or something. And what if you're in a different time zone? Like, what happens? I assume it's local. It's like... <laughs> just to be safe, just never, ever feed them. That's probably best. I, I also didn't see Gremlins 2, where maybe they make fun of these rules some. Uh, I've only seen the first That's one. That's the best, most ridiculous Gremlins. There's only the two, so... <laughs> <laughs> um, this story is so hard to talk about, because it's so different than No Sleep Stories and Creepypastas Um, because it gets specific with character names and stuff Um, it's all tied up with a bow at the end and it's it's not telling like man I got a big yawn there (laughs) that was no good is the story boring you Jeff (laughs) (laughs) yeah I mean it's just like it's basically like well here I am here's all this stuff that happened before Uh, you guys don't have to worry about it though because it's just me that's cursed by fairies I feel like if I want to get a a good a good creepypasta I want there to be an aspect of like oh but this could happen to me I could be cursed by a slenderman no you couldn't (laughs) yeah that's that's true (laughs) Well, I mean, you couldn't, but you... You want it to make it, you know, you want it to feel like yeah, you could be. I feel like the most effective creepypastas are um, someone encountering something, uh, like, just out in the wild, rather than discovering, like, oh, my family is uh, cursed with this specific thing that will harm only us and no one else. Yeah, this is, uh, I don't know if it is a very effective creepypasta. I feel like it does make me want to read, like, the novel version of this. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, she does have... could take you more through, like, twists and turns. But. I think she does have full-length books in addition to short story collections available. Yeah, it definitely seems like this this story would have possibly worked better as as a longer book. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's it's also very strange because I feel like we don't have a lot of fairy stuff in um, American pop culture. Um, I don't. Uh, I think this author is from New Zealand, uh, but all, the whole story seems very like Ireland themed. 
Um, but in general, every other country has more of a history with fairy monsters than we do uh, here in America, where we mostly they have really a love fairies in Iceland. That makes sense. Mm. Uh, I forget which of those Scandinavian countries has the Yule Lads as their Christmas monster. It's like ten little gremlin boys who come and mess up your house before Christmas. Oh, how fun! Like <laughs> yeah, we don't, we don't, we don't have similar legends here. Like, there's all sorts of elves and gremlins and fairies in Europe, and uh, I don't know. Maybe that's part of why it didn't resonate. Is what I'm trying to say. That's because we have real life murderers and really bad gun laws, so we don't need to worry about fairies and monsters and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah that's true. We're also a very young country. Yeah, we're not old enough to have fairies. Is that the problem? I mean, like. People have lived in on the uh, island of Great Britain for like 4,000 years or something. Uh, so it makes sense that they would have all sorts of folklore about like other creatures who live there, whereas uh, like European descendants have lived in whereas we, on North America for like 300 years. Yeah, we just recently genocided all the people who had cool folklore so we didn't have time to make new folklore yeah. yet. Yeah, pretty much. Like, there's all <laughs> all the... Amer I forget what the Native American elves are. There's a couple different ones. I'm gonna look up Native American elves. Uh, nope. <laughs> this isn't... Oh, uh... I don't think there's a whole Wikipedia page for uh, the uh, little people in folklore, um, which are elves or fairies what? or dwarves or any of those. Um, Native American little people, uh, the Chineque, the Nirumbi, the Yehasuri. Yeah, there's a bunch of them. Uh, like every different uh, nation, every mm. different nation has their own. And like half of these have their own Wikipedia pages and everything. Oh, the Puckwudgie is what I'm thinking of because of the Harry Potter thing from recently. Uh, oh, so that's like a fairy equivalent? <laughs> You're so mad about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the Puckwudgie are, are like little, little, little monster people that uh, can do magic, which is pretty much basically fairies or elves. Um, it's just, when I think of fairies and elves, I think of, like, Zelda and Lord of the Rings, and those aren't, that's so far removed from the origin that it doesn't, it's not quite, it doesn't fit. Yeah, definitely fairies, I think, are meant to be scary, and then over the years got turned into, like, a Tinkerbell instead for us Americans. <laughs> hey, Peter Pan was written by British people, a person. Just the one. I know, but I just mean like fairies went from like scary creatures who will steal your Oh my Disney <laughs> spin-off now about all the fairies. <laughs> uh yeah. Someone famous voices Tinkerbell in those. I feel like it's Mae Whitman or something. Mae Whitman. Um yeah, it's there's a whole series of Tinkerbell um, movies now. It's crazy. Yeah, but I mean that's what I mean. Like fairies went from like scary creatures to steal your babies to like your cute tramp stamp. Yeah, no, they're, yeah. it's you're just friends <laughs> with them. Uh, yeah, it's <laughs> hmm. 
it's a strange. There are scary fairies um, on the magicians. Oh, that makes sense. Because yeah, if there's wizards, you gotta oh, yeah. have uh, creepy fairy. Are there fairies in Harry Potter? Any kind of fake creatures? You know, the I feel like the only time they mention fairies in Harry Potter is like they use them as decorations at Christmas time. Oh, no. Like they're not characters. <laughs> it's not like they're always like, oh, they put all these like fairy lights in a bush because it's the Yule Ball and like nonsense like that. <laughs> yeah. So apparently in Harry Potter, fairies are tiny slaves used as decorations that you buy at Home Depot. They're or too small for Hermione to care about their liberation. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> We should look into this. <laughs> I don't want to. I, that's the first thing. You can't you can't critically examine uh, anything Harry Potter with real life morality because it's like it's doesn't it just it crumbles immediately. It's like oh no, hold on. Pretty much. <laughs> you can't keep a child. You can't keep a child in a broom closet under the stairs for 12 years. That's not okay. Like <laughs> What? Excuse me? Oh my god. <laughs> like they would just they would go to jail guys, immediately. Guys, guys, guys. What? I found what? a what? Harry Potter <laughs> wikia entry on fairies. In Harry Potter. The fairy is a vain creature and will often allow itself to be used as decoration by wizard kind. Allow itself. Due to their vanity, fairies are almost constantly grooming themselves. Oh, so they like it. Yes. They possess a weak brand of magic that allows it to evade its predators. The fairy cannot speak. Instead, it makes a high-pitched buzzing noise to communicate with its fellow fairies, but they are able to laugh. Ooh, they can lay up to 50 Mm. eggs in one go. (laughs) This isn't real. No. (laughs) Oh, what? (laughs) I hate it. I hate it so what? much. I hate knowing about Wizard, it. <laughs> Wizards I hate that I made myself that, have to know all about the magical it. creatures in the world, <laughs> the fairy along with the unicorn, have received the best Muggle press. Oh, and their wings are used in potion. <laughs> the end. I mean, what? Well, hold on. You skipped. A- <laughs> that was important right there at the end. <laughs> The wings are used in potions. <laughs> we tear off bits of their body. Oh we tear off bits of their body to make ah! elixirs. It says it doesn't kill them, <laughs> but it just it causes extreme annoyance. <gasps> what? To have your wings ripped off your body? <laughs> I feel like that's more than annoyance. Okay. What the heck? <laughs> So what's the spookiest? Oh what's the spookiest part of this fairy story? Uh, obviously, the spookiest part of fairies in general is how they exist in Harry Potter. But this story, let's start with Stephanie. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, I'm gonna say that I, again, as we kind of talked about, a lot of the stuff in the story is very predictable, just because it's so short and quick that you can kind of just see everything coming. Um, however, I do think the letter in the end being the. Ex- exact same letter that Kaylin's mother had received when she was born. Um, it kind of gives me the impression that like there's just no escape from that loop. Like her family is just trapped in it forever and like her daughter is doomed to repeat the same thing without even knowing it basically. Mm. So that to me is kind of the scariest part that like her family is just doomed and they're trapped to repeat this repeat that cycle again and again until I don't know, I guess one hero finally does, but she she did not break the cycle. So it's kind yeah. of like her daughter is gonna be doomed to the same thing. Uh what do you what do you think, Cassie? What's the spookiest part? Hmm. 
I guess for me, as a very forgetful person, the fact that to keep this curse away, you have to remember every single promise you've kind of made in passing to this crazy woman or your child will get stolen from you. I think that's the creepiest part to me. I, I would inevitably forget one and then, you know, that's the end of that. Yeah, because like, it's almost like they were so random. She didn't really think much of them at the time. But all of a sudden, it's like her life depends on remembering all of them at all times. Yeah. I think for me, I don't... Uh, I think it's because we don't find out really the nature of the promise that Liam made that got him killed. Um, I think that's kind of creepy. Uh, it seems to have something to do with the, uh, wedding ring, but, uh, the specifics are not made clear. Uh, and I find that a little eerie because we know most of the other promises. Uh, and also, uh, the big coincidence that her husband's funeral is on her mom's birthday. That was pretty bad. Yeah, I I definitely really agree with that. We don't know what Liam's promise was because, yeah, I, I think they make it pretty clear that probably he made the promise in exchange for the for the wedding ring. Yeah. Um. But yeah, we don't know what he was supposed to do for it. And he clearly did not do it, whatever it was. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's go to the... Um plugs part so that we can get out of this uh, horribly delayed internet audio hell. Uh, Cassie, where can the people find you online in <laughs> the ways that you would like? Oh, I'm glad you all enjoyed that eight second time delay. I'm sure that was really fun for you. You can find me, Cassie, all over the internet as Yerkmonger. That is Y-R-C-H-M-O-N-G-E-R. I'm mostly on Goodreads, Instagram, uh, Twitter, if you want to hear me complain about politics, but sometimes Sometimes I, I don't. I just talk about how the world is going to hell. You know, that's super fun stuff. Uh, or you can find me on my book blog, <laughs> Bibliomantics, which Stephanie sometimes used to write for. Steph, where can the people find you? Um, I'm not really on the internet, but I do have a Twitter where <laughs> I mostly just retweet things that make me angry. And on Instagram, sometimes I post a picture of one of my cats. So both of those things are Pokemantic, P-O-K-E-Y-M-A-N-T-I-C. And of course, you can find me in all the usual places. J3FK on Twitter, JeffJK on Snapchat and Instagram. Uh, I've been doing this thing on Instagram lately where I take a full one-minute Instagram video pointed at my face of me eating lunch. I hate uh, it. And I'm going to keep doing that until <laughs> until people like it. <laughs> uh, also, please, I'm never going to like, like it, it ever. Yeah. <laughs> it definitely uh, patreon.com slash jeffjk uh, please give me money I'm unemployed right now and if you give me enough money then I don't have to uh, get a real job that's not true uh, I don't think I have enough of you out there that you could donate so that I could do that but if literally everyone who downloads this episode gave me a dollar a month it would be pretty close so uh, do that thank you uh, and that's all we have to say this episode. I'm writing to congratulate you on the birth of your first child. It is such a shame I cannot be there for the christening. With love, Creepypasta, the Creepypasta podcast.